Amid the staggering number of political and policy controversies that royal Washington is a small but vital issue that affects every American. It's our air traffic control system. And the consequences of changing it or not changing it could be huge. Every time you board a plane, you're putting yourself at the mercy of an inefficient, antiquated system that hasn't seen any meaningful improvement in decades. Status quo special interests have kept Americans stuck with an air traffic control system that rations capacity at the busiest airports, imposes delays due to automated equipment and processes and procedures, and it costs far more than it should. This could all be changed. Congress has the power to bring our air traffic control system into the 21st century. They just need to do it. Welcome to The Bill Walton Show, featuring conversations with leaders, entrepreneurs, artists, and thinkers. Fresh perspectives on money, culture, politics, and human flourishing. Interesting people, interesting things. Every time you board a plane, you're putting yourself at the mercy of an inefficient system guided by 1930s radio, 1950s radar surveillance, and paper, ticker tape, flight tracking. Far from being the envy of the world, the U.S. system for guiding aircraft is a backward analog relic in a digital age. Joining me to figure out how do we go from where we are to where we need to be is Bob Poole, who is the founder of Reason Foundation and is the director of transportation policy there. Uh, he's an MIT-trained in engineer, advised the Reagan administration, the Bush, both Bush administrations, Clinton, and also served as an advisor to the Trump transportation team on all things transportation. And uh, I consider Bob the country's, if not the world's, leading expert in solving transportation issues using private sector solutions. So, Bob, it's a pleasure to have you here. And, uh, Thanks, Bill. I've been reading about you and reading what you write for years, and so it's great to see you here in the flesh. Glad to be here. <laughs> so, Bob, where, what, where are we right now with the system? How did we get here, and then what, well, what do we do about it? And I know this is yeah, a complicated issue. We've got, we've, got, we've got 20 Bob, minutes. The problem so we'll... is that uh, we have the Federal Aviation Administration, which is basically a safety regulatory agency, but embedded within it is this would-be high-tech service business that's highly technology-intensive, that's supposed to guide planes through the sky safely, keep them separated, and uh, so forth. It's a relic because it is captive of the federal budget. It's embedded in a very conservative bureaucracy. Uh, it cannot issue revenue bonds to finance large-scale modernization. It has to exist year to year on the dribs and drabs that Congress appropriates. Whenever there's a budget crisis, yeah, it, it, it depends the on it depends on off. the authorization every year. And they, every I think single we had year. a sequester in 2013, yeah, they which meant they, they've had times when the, the yeah. aviation ticket taxes that we pay on our air tickets uh, are suspended and there's no revenue coming in. There's all these bizarre problems that should not be there. And the good news is uh, that 60 countries in the last 30 years have taken their equivalents out of their National Transportation Agency made it self-supporting, freestanding, basically a utility service. New, New, New Zealand kicked this New off Zealand in the, the 80s. New Zealand was the first one in 1987, 30, yeah. 31 years ago. Now. Yeah. And, uh, and it's become the global standard now. And in fact, the International Civil Aviation Organization, ICAO, in 2001 said their good practice should be organizational separation 
from, of air safety regulation and the provision of air traffic services. Most countries have done it. We have not. And the reason is the status quo. People who benefit from the status quo in which you don't, people who operate planes don't pay directly for the service. They pay aviation taxes that go into the federal treasury. Well, that's a flow-through. Basically, we pay aviation taxes. We it's pay, in our, yes, it's in our we ticket. pay them. That's right. It's on our ticket tax. The lion's yeah. share comes from passenger ticket fees. Yeah. The business jets are the worst problem because they pay a tiny fuel tax. They pay about 1% of the total budget for air traffic control, but they use between 10 and 20%, depending on which part of the system you're talking about. So our current, this is a great our, deal, and they our, don't our, want to give it up. Our, 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 our current system subsidized corporate CEOs? It does in their indeed. planes. Whoa, what a revelation, <laughs> right? <laughs> that seems like a no-brainer. <laughs> but that's the way it's been as a former, uh, as a former CEO, I mean, we... The ironic <laughs> thing is that when air traffic control started, it was started yeah. by airlines as a non-profit corporation yeah. that, uh, they, that they paid for directly. And it was taken over Herbert Hoover during, uh, uh, with the head of the Commerce Department took it over, said the government should run it. That was our engineering president. Our engineering president. The government should say. run everything. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. He wanted everything. It was part of the progressive era movement, that there's one best way to do things. The government role should be much bigger than envisioned by the founding fathers. Mm -hmm. So they took all kinds of things into the government, and that's, that's, we're still stuck with that today. So what is the, the system now? It's part of the FAA, and the solution is to create a new entity that would govern air right. traffic control. Right. Well, now, to take now, it out of the a, FAA, it would still a... be regulated. The FAA would still be the safety. Right today, it regulates airlines, airports, issues private pilot so licenses, it'd be, so forth. It'd be regulated like utilities, perhaps. Yes, yes. So you'd have well, no, government. Well, actually, it would be different... basically regulated for safety okay. by the FAA. Um, air traffic control is inherently a monopoly, and so the the model that that I proposed and that has been adopted and worked well in Canada for the last uh, 22 years is a nonprofit user governed corporation. We have lots of nonprofit utilities in the United States. And mm -hmm. if the users are on the board, they have an incentive not to have users not, being, being the, uh, the airlines, fly, the airlines, general aviation, jets, the, all the, everybody who flies pilots planes, associations, pilots associations. Exactly. All of those would have seats on the governing body mm -hmm. and their interest is have an efficient, system that is does not have monopoly prices or anything so it would be self-regulating economically but with we ultimately agreed an appeal process to the dot secretary the secretary of transportation mm -hmm. in case any user group thought they were being unfairly treated by as a minority position on the board of, of governance now is this the same structure that canada uses it's exactly new zealand the same uses structure. these yes. six, are there, is there any well, other major country canada, that doesn't have no british uh, britain does it differently they have yeah. what they call a public private partnership in which the government owns 49% yeah uh, airlines and a big pension fund and a few other uh, and and the and the controllers uh, uh, own various pieces of the 51% and that has worked okay it's not the lowest cost, most efficient system, but they are doing good technology modernization in the UK. Now, are there safety issues with the current system that aren't that could be addressed by well, switching over? Well, there's safety issues in the sense that that uh, uh, you get the highest safety from having the best technology, the most modern things, and we are lagging so far behind, as you said in the introduction. We don't have things that are standard practice in Canada, like digital communication, digital messaging between controllers and pilots in real time, instead of voice transmission. We still got the Chuck Yeager system. Where we still have we, we got the, the, drawing, talking, the drawing. Of, they're well, talking on, on, on crowded frequencies. Yeah. People sometimes mishear things. 
And uh, so, in an uh, age of texting, we're we're yes, now using voice. Yes, in an age of we're still on voice. Yeah, on analog voice, and uh, we don't have air traffic control to speak of over the oceans uh, because there's no place to put radar. In, in the other ocean. words, you've got to fly close to the places where you have the towers. Well, you when you fly across, uh, you have what's called procedural separation. Yeah. <laughs> they have these huge buffers, like 30 and 60 miles, fore and aft and side by side, the flight tracks, mm-hmm. because the controllers only know approximately where they are. Yeah. And this could be much safer and more efficient. They only know approximately. With, they only know I mean, approximately. With Google they... Maps, the, uh, which can tell you which side well. of the street you're on. It's an <laughs> but appro- not over the oceans. So what's, what Canada innovated, Canada came up with global a global satellite-based system that another, uh, about, a, about eight or nine of these corp- air traffic corporations around the world have invested in. And the satellite constellation is, they held only one or two more launches to mm-hmm. have 66 satellites in orbit continuously that will provide basically radar-like separation everywhere on Earth, including all of the oceans and the polar regions and the mountains well, over Tibet well, where there's no radar. Well, you also mentioned that we've got a zigzag system now. Even do. when we're flying over the continental United yep. States, we've got a, planes we've got to fly. Those where radio they can... beacons, yeah. I mean, it's, there are some exceptions. Controllers can, using some technology, yeah. do some workarounds and give people direct routes, but they can only do a certain number of those at any given time because it's, it's somewhat labor-intensive the way it works. So uh, with a more modern system, we'd have all direct routes uh, other than routing around huge thunderstorms and this kind of thing. And it, in fact, planes... Flights would be shorter in time. They'd burn less fuel. They'd be more environmentally friendly. Uh, but we're not close to having that. Well, in the system we have now, as I understand it, 50%, 40 50% of flight delays are caused by air traffic or in New York, in the oh, New York yes. area. Yeah, and that's, that, well, that is more an airport problem than okay. it is air traffic. Now, there's things the air traffic system could do to make the landing rate more at each of those congested airports, um, but there's not. A, you need. You really need more runways, and and this is a huge political problem. There's some political support been growing in the last decade. Yeah, people don't want runway runways at, in their at backyard. JFK yeah, and yeah, adding a, a runway at Newark, but there's no consensus. Okay. The so FAA has not shown any leadership in the, doing that. The, this idea is not going to solve that problem. No, this is not going to solve that problem. It's going to help <clears> at the margins, but it's not going to solve it. Now you've talked about something that called flight progress strips. Yes. Which are, pe- which are, which are pieces me. of paper. Well, we, we yes, yeah. for anybody just listening, let me right, describe it. Right. It's about four inches long, it's yellow, and it's got wood on it. What's on it? Well, it's got the flight number and, and the airline and a few other bits and pieces about the track. And when a plane uh, is given clearance to take off, uh, it goes from the, from the controller who controls the, the actual uh, permission to land a runner takes that strip to the they, next they, controller. They walk it over to They it. walk it over, yeah. And they <laughs> stack them up on little racks. Uh, when Matt Lauer was still Why on the Why am I feeling Today this show, is not safe? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is certainly subject to error. In yeah. Canada and in the UK and in several dozen countries, they have electronic flight strips. They just hit a button on the computer and sure. it passes to the next guy's terminal. Are we going to have this starting to be implemented maybe by 2021? in some control towers and facilities, but uh, we're a long ways from that now. Well, it, I think actually 2021, you mentioned 2026 might be more realistic, so we've got to wait Probably another eight years. Probably all the facilities equipped, yes, yes. So what's, <laughs> so we have a system now which we have excised taxes right. on 
airline tickets, which passengers pay for. And so we've got basically the system subsidized by commercial airline passengers. Right. And people not paying into the system are general aviation uh, right. plane operators, which would be corporate jets. Well, they're which paying would be a little bit. With the crop pass. dusters, the, things like the, that, yeah. people that fly back and forth on ranches and farms yep. in the Midwest yep. and, and that sort of thing. Um, but they provide only 2% of the, uh, right. of the of revenue. revenue. So it's not nothing. It's not nothing, but it's not in proportion to these. The big, the big offenders are the business jets and turboprops because they fly at high altitudes. They use all the same services as any jetliner, and yet they pay the pittance instead of something approaching. Now, all over the world, the United States is the only civilized country that does not charge business jets standard weight and distance charges. This is universal practice around the world. And business jets do not suffer. Uh, it's a thriving industry worldwide. No, they can, um, they can afford to pay. They can easily afford to pay. <laughs> if you can afford but a the, jet, you can afford to pay. the trade association, NBAA, yeah. its claim to fame and membership contributions and its political action committee is that we protected you from ruinous user fees for air traffic control. So let's talk about the politics of yes, this, yes. because it seems to me there's a compelling case to make this change. There is. One of the things you mentioned that's important, this is not a for-profit entity that needs to be formed. This is no. more or less like a cooperative. More it's like a, a user co-op, yes, yes. And you've got all the people who are, have stakes in the system and whose motivation is just to make it better and better, faster, right. cheaper, right. more efficient, that sort of thing, and, and no, there's no conflict of interest yeah. here. And that model has worked superbly in Canada for 22 years since yeah. they started NAV Canada. Uh, and the revenue from this would be paid by the stakeholders in the system. That's right. In the uh, form everyone of, who flies uh, would how pay would, how would uh, that fees work? for the services how would that, that would work? go directly to the company. Okay. Uh, I'm modeling as NAV Canada now. Uh, so every year they get a certain amount of revenue. They have a budget. If they get in more revenue than, than they budgeted for, they have three choices. They can pay down some debt, they can uh, lower the fees for the next year, mm -hmm. uh, or they can uh, buy some capital equipment instead of having to go to the capital markets and finance it. Well, you also mentioned that an entity like this can raise money. You can oh, issue yeah. bonds. Oh, that's and right. I mean, one of the problems we got with our current system with the fluctuations and yeah, appropriations there's, there's no from Congress is just cash is you can't, flow. Same problem we have in education. There's that's no, right. There's no that's ability right. for for yeah. R and D or for capex. These capital guys, expenditures. the big ones, NAV yeah. Canada and Air Service Australia and and Nats in the UK have investment grade credit ratings. I mean, hmm. they're they're a monopoly provider of a vital public service. What's not to like to a bond buyer? So the assuming way, they're well run, we're going to get into whose interests are being served or not served here. But the, if, as currently constituted, if you're working in the air traffic control booth, you're a government employee. Yes, and yep. you have a government union. Right, and you're you're in that job forever or whatever. Well, that civil works. service. So civil service. Yeah, you get all. You're, you're protected by right. all the civil right. service right. rules, and. If you're in that situation, it's like education. There's no incentive to invest in technology to replace people. Well, the interesting thing is, you know, we've had a reform effort going on in fits and starts over the Not last Not that I don't like years. people, but right, right, know, right. maybe... maybe if but this last round <laughs> that I was very heavily involved in on two different tasks, were one from the Business Roundtable, one from the Eno Center for Transportation that brought stakeholders together and yeah. talked. The Controllers Union supported the effort to create a NAV Canada-type system. They are so fed up with having inferior, antiquated technology. They don't want to carry the yellow strips either. No, they don't want to yeah. do that. They yeah. are embarrassed by it. <laughs> they send, they go up to Canada and they and they sit in with the controllers there. Oh my God, 
Okay, so they're on board. Him. They're on board. It was all the other government unions that saw this as a slippery slope. If we take 30-some thousand people, which is not all controllers, oh, I 30, see. Uh, out of, I out see. of the FAA. I see. If you do it here, you're going to do it everywhere. Could, it could be done everywhere. So If you prove you know, it works single, here, then, then yes, we might look at everything. Every single other government okay. employee union was mobilized against this, which yeah. appealed to Democrats in Congress. Uh, I mean, partly probably ideological, but it was also union PAC money and so on and so forth. And the something called the FAA Managers Association that represents a couple thousand frontline supervisors also decided they were threatened by this. They didn't want to lose civil service protection. Uh, they love the bureaucracy that gives, yeah. makes them feel important and blah, blah, blah. Uh, FAA also, because it's a government bureaucracy and civil service pay scales, um, they have a real tough time hiring and keeping really top-notch program managers, engineers, software people. Those people can make two and three times as much in the private sector. They can get bonuses. They can get stock offerings and so forth. So FAA then becomes dependent on contractors, mm -hmm. on the big aerospace companies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I started out, my, my first job out of MIT was at Sikorsky Aircraft. I know how the great, great great helicopter. Yes, the great helicopter. <laughs> but what you want with government contracts, you want to bid competitively to get the job, and then change orders. Change orders. Well, what about this? What about that? Well, that game is played relentlessly. Picking up on change, let's in our in our closing moments here. Let's can Congress pass a bill simply saying we're going to change this from the old system to the yeah, new system. they can. So That's this, what we have. We actually this had is, a bill. This, this solution is in the yes. hands of Congress. This, it is. So what are the politics in the hands. here? Who, who, we had a bill this year that yeah. uh, how, we had a champion, uh, Chairman Schuster of the House Transportation Committee, mm -hmm. all for it. It passed the House Committee yeah. uh, with protections for general aviation. There were actually going to be no user fees by statute on even business jets and any general aviation. So they got out They got out, they, they get out of free. The, so... Well, what happened, uh, the politics of this, it, the bill with that in it never got to the House floor because of, of the coalition built by the business jet people. Uh, they, rec they told lies to small town mayors, small airport directors saying, this is a plot to have the big airlines take over air traffic control and the national airspace. And they also told And they're going to do this in term, the, the, yeah. all the spending is going to be biased in favor of big hub airports. You guys are going to lose out. This was all completely wrong. And they were all told the it was going to be a greedy for-profit corporation. Exactly. That they and... portrayed it as if it was a greedy for-profit yeah. instead of what it actually was, which was a clone of Nav Canada, non-profit user, user co-op, basically. So we need to mount, we, meaning you and me and whoever else, <laughs> right, we need right. to mount a PR campaign for this. Or well, what, how do we get the optics? have been trying. I mean, the airlines were very strongly in favor of this, yeah. along with the controllers union, the pilots Everybody unions, hates the airlines, flight, flight, and, and yeah. flight attendant unions were for it. Yeah. Um, they all said this is going to make the system so much better. It's going to be less costly. It'll be more efficient, have better technology sooner. But this coalition, there was never a counterpart in the Senate mm -hmm. to this bill because Senate heavily represents rural states. And you mentioned that a lot of the, uh, the members of the Congress fly planes. And they yeah, there's a huge like uh, general getting... aviation caucus that either fly planes or like the private pilots and their now, political now, action committees. One, one thing I heard was that, well, this is going to hurt the rural airport. Yes, that is was, that, that was what, the propaganda that? line that the business jet community, business yeah. jet people sold. They, they bamboozled small town mayors, small airport directors into seeing this as a plot that would disadvantage rural America, small towns, and so forth. So, <laughs> so the, 
so the line of action here is to support Congress moving on this. Is there a bill? Is it dead now? Or is it it's, we not, have... it's not completely dead. Um, the House has passed its FAA. Re- FAA gets reauthorized every right. four or five years. House has already just passed the bill with the air traffic provision stripped out in order to get enough votes to pass it on the floor. The Senate has only, the Commerce Committee has approved a bill, but it's still subject. I don't, actually, they might not have approved it. It still could be amended to include it probably wouldn't include the whole corporation idea, but the, but the bare sub- minimum would be to take it out of the FAA and maybe set it up as a separate entity within the Department of Transportation. You'd at least get the arm's length safety regulation. What's the name of this bill? It's the FAA reauthorization FAA bill. FAA reauthorization. Yep. So the next time you, who are listening to this, are sitting on a runway in an airplane <laughs> yes. in a long line of planes at LaGuardia saying, <laughs> right. there's got to be a better way. There is a better there way. There definitely is. And so you text your congressman and you say, support the... Air traffic corporation. Okay. Uh, make make the uh, air traffic system into a self-funded air traffic corporation. Got it. And okay. get it out of the out of the government. And you can follow uh, Bob writing on this at... Reason.org. Reason.org. Just by name. There's my newsletter on air traffic control. You can uh, sign up for that. It's no charge. It comes out every month and keeps you posted on these things. Great. Well, thank you, Bob. That's been, this is fascinating. Let's, let's make much. this happen. America's air traffic control system remains stuck in a federal regulatory bureaucracy, micromanaged by politicians and unable to modernize cost effectively. Yet a bill to fix this remains blocked in Congress by status quo special interests. Airline delays cost airlines and passengers some $33 billion a year in wasted time and excess operating costs. It needs to be spun off into a self-supporting nonprofit corporation, and the bill in Congress would do just that. Sixty other countries, and all the other developed countries, have done this. Next time... You're stuck on a plane, on a runway, for hours. Pull out your phone. Text your congressman. The message? Pass the bill. Thanks for listening. Want more? Be sure to subscribe at thebillwaltonshow.com or on iTunes. Amazon is hiring near you. Earn a competitive wage and start as soon as seven days. No resume or experience required. Health and safety are a top priority with all of our roles and sites, and Amazon is taking precautions in our buildings to keep people healthy. Go to amazon.com slash apply. That's amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.